Yo, what's up? Uh, Japan Nick starting off the night. I've got special guests in the house, father and son. Yo. And it's 10 p.m., and you're listening to WMSC 90.3 in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Now tell me, guys, what are your names and what positions do you play in the band? I'm quarterback. My name's Tim. Uncle Tom, Bill Bill. <laughs> Welcome. He's a wide receiver. Now you recently got off a uh, show at the uh, Bowery uh, Ballroom. What types of exposure do you believe it offered your band? Huge, mega. <laughs> it's, uh, what, what would you say, New York Times? I'd say it's status? blue, violet. <laughs> and aquamarine. Sorts of hues were For involved. Fortune cookie style, mm. really. <laughs> Big dreams coming out of this one. No, honestly, yeah, we got asked to play inside of a fortune cookie, and it was... Uh, it wasn't as well you'd expect. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, it was nice to play a real venue for once. We're always playing these <laughs> fake ones that... With, ha with half a microphone, you know, like a tin can tied to another tin can. Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we had a really good time. It was a really good show. Ryan did a great job of setting it up. and uh, Aww. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. You know, I think uh, there's people there we didn't know that, that stayed and watched. <laughs> so that's always helpful. Yeah. So how did you set, that, set this up, Ryan? Uh, I contacted a couple venues, and um, I looked at Bowery Electric because it's got a nice sound. Excuse me. <laughs> Please mind your licking. Keep the licking to a minimum. Um, no, please continue licking. Thank you. <laughs> um, I uh, was trying to find out which venues would be good for us to do, like, a nice big show, and Bowery Electric was really accommodating there. Got a great staff. The sound guy was great. The booker was great. The manager was great. And um, just found some, some bands that were ready and willing and talented and uh, got everybody together, and we had a good show. Like like Tim said, the, the room sounds really good to me. <clears throat> great. Yeah, it sounds great. And uh, as a two-piece, that's important uh, because then we can sound big. Yep. Can you speak about any of the other bands that played that night? Or no? <laughs> no. No. Oh. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> there were some good bands. Tim, Tim's got an old ghost in his pocket about the Jennies, the first band. Yeah. So that was one of Tim's ghost stories. And then Ryan played with another band that he's in. That was really good. Concion. Yeah, that was cool. The up-and-coming songwriter Concion and then uh the final band Windsor Fields wonderful name <laughs> uh they were really great they were really tight a friend of mine from a studio uh we work out of named Merritt playing guitar he shredded yeah uh, oh, we, yeah we he's both. really cool the guy with the weird hand <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's amazing you know him <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. such a nice guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's done a lot, man. He's what worked with he's yeah. worked with some really cool. Like yeah. he used to work at some studio called like Trout, I yeah. think. Doing what? Um, production. Oh. And Bjork came in one day, and he has this great story of Bjork coming in and being like, "Hey, I'm here," and like just out of nowhere, and like them having to accommodate her. Wow. 
because uh, she <laughs> she's coming in to work with somebody who was working there and so he has some cool stories and he's just an awesome musician yeah, all around he's an amazing guitarist i love his playing he's such a nice guy he's so really nice guy. really good good bunch of bands uh and that hand good. thing is so cool yeah he shreds like built-in pick he's got yeah yeah it's awesome yeah i think it works for him yeah now, can you speak about any of the uh, crazy Bjork stories? Yeah, Bjork sucked his dick. <laughs> yes, uh, Bjork sucked the lemon in the studio, and uh, <laughs> and she made it a really obscene night. And uh, she had a lemon in her mouth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but um really most of all she was just floating around and she they was, yeah yeah she you, was in, you know she better was than in me. a little paper basket <laughs> she was in like a waste basket and they gave her a uh, lemon to suck on and uh half an oar and yeah. she wrote her <laughs> She wrote. <laughs> she wrote her way through the studio. Yeah, and she was singing while she was in the uh, car. Yeah, she didn't speak once. <laughs> <laughs> Bjork sounds like uh, old black man. <laughs> she, lo- she really lost her touch. What if I hit the cough button? What does that mean? Oh, wow, it, it means that you'll cool. cough like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you See, can't you don't even need air. to use it, Tim. <clears throat> you can just like do that on Snap, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, anyways, though. Pop. All right, anyways, Nick, how are you today? Nick, I'm doing well. I've got beef jerky. I've got Twinkies. Things are good. You Life is that? complete. Yes. You hear that, universe? Twinkies. He's got them. He got them off the internet too. This is the last of the Twinkies here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. There's more. There's more. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're, you know. I'm hoarding them. Yeah, you're representing. There's a couple Twinks coming out. Twinkies for the Twinks. <laughs> now, you guys are playing uh, two shows this month. One tomorrow in New no. York City. <laughs> no. And then... No, Nick. Come on, man. 17 shows. No. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were playing like 100 shows in the next week. <laughs> what are you saying about 17, man? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. dude. There's always, I'm always playing a show in my head. It's, it's just a big show going yeah, on. Yeah, it's all a show. It doesn't even, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, yeah, we are, so we, we're playing a show tomorrow, and then we're playing a show on the 17th, the 13th. <laughs> we're playing. It's show. on a Saturday. Yeah. Are you coming to that, Nick? I'll be going to the Jersey one. You are? Woo! Sweet. Yeah. Can you bring groupies, please? I'll see what I can do. Yes. Oh. I can probably bring Twinkies. All right. That's <laughs> the next best thing. Dude, bring some more Twinks. Yeah. For the whole crew. <laughs> now, what is this lineup like in New York City tomorrow night? Oh, And yeah. what venue are you playing? Oh, it's going to be a huge show. It's so big. <laughs> It's a Monday. It's a Monday, trash bar, prime spot. I think we're playing at 3 in the morning. <laughs> There's an old man who sits in the back in a wheelchair, and he just claps his hands. No, he should. Does he only have one hand, and he claps like... The angry monocle will be there. 
Oh yeah, it's really for him. Yeah, dude, tomorrow night's a secret show. It's a secret. Special what are you show. doing? Telling everybody about it then? Well, it should a, be a secret. You a should, we shouldn't even be saying anything about <laughs> All it. All our shows blow are my cover. Shows. <laughs> yeah. You're blowing my cover, dude. Tonight's the night we were talking about it, so that you know all the hordes of people, the hordes. only the one, only the diehards heard it. We're here. gonna r- come riding in on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Pap's horse is taking us to the show tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One time I I was a horse. Well, horse is a horse, of oh, course, yeah. of course. Dude, oh, Nick. This is good, Nick. Ask. <laughs> That's good. Asked him about the time when he was a horse, but he. He met his mother for the first time. Asked that was him. when I was a pony, actually. Yeah. Okay, Tim, tell me about those pony days right, when you met like your mom. The ponies. Sometimes um, I make love to the ponies <laughs> as I ride through the prairies. And I, I, stroke, brush, their I stroke their long, long blonde, blonde hair. hair. It's. Oh, here's the jerky. Yes. Jerky King. You hear that, guys? Ooh. Listen to this real quick. That's yep, nice we heard that. That's a good sound. I knew it. I knew it. So Tim was a horse, and when he was young, he frolicked, and <laughs> he spoke to himself mostly yeah. in the field. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When he came across a centaur, I took it down. He took it down. <laughs> I really like that. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> what idea? Just dude? what being d- a disrespectful horse. with centaurs? Is being, that what your plan is, man? Being a horse, riding, feeling the breeze in my hair, my mane. <laughs> like <Yeah>. that idea. <laughs> I like it. Now about centaurs and stuff. <laughs> Tell me about the show tomorrow night. Okay, so tomorrow night we're playing. What time do we go on? 11 o'clock. We go on 11. It's $8, we're going to do some some secret things, some yeah. ninja moves. Yeah. Some top... Shaolin. Top, top dog stuff. Hot dog stuff. Hot dogs. We we're going to s- be giving away free hot dogs. We went to a hot dog vendor. We got special permission. We we're, got, we're rolling it we onto the stage. We got 48 hot dogs. Mm-hmm. It's a case. Yeah, but what is everybody else going to do? Because you guys are going to, like, scarf them down in, like, five minutes. I don't know, dude. We didn't think about that. And, dude, dude, chili dogs are better than hot dogs. We didn't think about all this. Yeah, maybe we need two cases. Two cases. I that think. would be... We'll uh, scrap all the hot dogs. Just make, just bring chili dogs. Okay, chili dogs. But don't you need the hot dogs first? And then the chili, you just top it off. Not the way I make chili dogs. How do you do it, bro? That's a secret. We're gonna Back play door style. We're gonna play loudly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As usual, we'll be loud. Yeah, loud and proud. That's what we do. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's our motto. Loud Father and son, loud and proud. <laughs> now, <laughs> what about this place in Hackettstown? It's like, a firefighter <laughs> brigade. <laughs> what's an, what what's is it like? Called Club Forty Six or something? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Our friend Melissa. Melissa's from, a really good person. Melissa's the bomb. She's a bomb, and uh, there's a band called the Flops, which are are good neighbors and uh, are neighbors in the universe. Wait, aren't they called the Trash Car Flop? <laughs> no, dude. Oh, I'm thinking of somebody else. You thinking of Flop Sweat from New Brunswick? You would like the Flops. You're gonna like this show. Yeah, man. Mm. Nick's gonna like this show. 
Hear that, everyone? Our friend Melissa set it up, and I was like, yo, I really want to go to that show. And she's like, why don't father and son play? And I was like, oh. It's going to be so much fun. It really is. It's our favorite people to play with. Yeah. So we're really pumped. That's next Saturday just, yeah. in Jersey. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's coming? Who's coming out? Who's I'll coming? come. Let me hear you. Oh, Nick's coming. Let yeah. me hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so will this be your first time venturing out to Hackettstown? Uh, yeah, I think it is my first time venturing out there. The it's pretty awesome. Of Jersey, yeah. Hackettstown had a skate park when growing up. Nice. All the coolists went there. That's cool. It's good to be a skater. <laughs> it's so good to be a skater these days, you know? Do you skate? Nah. Yo, did any of the yeah. people that were in the last uh, Kings of... Wait, what was it? The last Kings of Dogtown or something like that? Uh, mm. You know that movie with yeah. Mitch Hedberg? Yeah. Mm. It's the last movie mm. he was in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it was about California, though. Mm. Mm. Is that the one with the pool where they're skating in the pool? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, one. Mm, I like mm, that one. Mm, 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 <laughs> mm. Well, now that you guys have a manager, mm. uh, what changes mm. have taken place in the decision-making process of your mm. band? There's a lot, been a lot of changes. Huge, monumental. If we wouldn't be playing <laughs> Trash Bar tomorrow. I can tell true. you that much. That's if it for wasn't sure. for old mm-hmm. H-Dog. Mm-hmm. It's my boy. H-Dog in the house. H-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he at? H dog. Nick, do you have any uh, Guns N' Roses? <laughs> Not with me. Oh, okay. Oh. Have like probably every album, and a couple of of them with different pressings from Japan and things like that. Right. I can't believe you you, you normally have them on your show. I thought you normally play them a lot. No. Um. As of late with rock bands, I play a lot of uh, the Swedish sleaze metal. Oh. Like, you know, <laughs> bands with the crazy names. It's like Crash Diet, Hardcore Superstar, Crucified Barbara, <laughs> Crazy Licks. Crucified Barb. <laughs> they all have ridiculous names because it's just like, you need to have Yeehaw. that. That's fun. I'd like to hear one of those bands. Man, I wish I could eat the Cactus Pete. Oh, I wish it was t- 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 vegetarian-friendly beef jerky. It's the texture that makes it so awesome. I'm really upset, Nick. Like Yo, dude, <laughs> if you can get a pen, I can write, this is vegan, and you can eat it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you. That's a good idea, Nick. Ah, uh, you tricky man. There's a chew- there's a chewiness to it. It's like when you, when you put it in your mouth, mm. you feel this resistance <laughs> that is, has a little bounce. It's Come on. Take a look at that picture. Ta-da! <laughs> Doesn't that look insane to you? It looks frighteningly deliciously fast. It's like this cactus <laughs> with, like, this wacky-looking sombrero on it. <laughs> Uncle Peepaw. What's the most you've eaten of this stuff in one sitting, Nick? Seven dollars a know. bag, dude. How many bags? I think when I had uh, this band Killed the Fiction on, I think they... Me and them had about four bags, but they were like, oh, yo, man, this is hot. We can't eat this. No, <laughs> uh, this, you know what? Those P-U-S-S-S-S-S-S-S. Push, 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 push. Yeah. <laughs> push, push. They were good, though. 
It's nothing like the pug. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Let's what we were doing all pug. week. Who, yo, is there any pug out there? Let me hear you, girl. Let me hear pug, girl go pug, pug. pug. Let me hear pug, pug. Mm, mm. mm. Oh, baby. Mm. Mm, uh, mm. Uncle Peepaws mm, uh, Cactus mm, beef jerky oh, yeah. mm, uh. Take it down slow Yep <laughs> Now But I mean like What do you do Like what What's the situation where it's like You say to yourself you know what Let's say you're Tim I'm Tim And you're Tim. saying <laughs> Yeah Uh huh I wonder what it's like to be Tim <laughs> I'm gonna figure that out right now No no hold on a second <laughs> <laughs> What's the situation like where you can't consult one another and you feel like you need to speak to the manager about something? It's what type of question. situation it's like, is it? Well, usually wardrobe related. <laughs> uh, oh man! Fish tacos have fish a lot taco. to do with it. It's food and wardrobe. All yeah. the things a band is worried Sometimes about. Sometimes when we we have to wear the pantyhose mm. before. It's trying to figure out should we do it before or after set. Yeah, before or after this. Because I usually like to wear my pantyhose before we play, and Ryan yeah. likes to wear them after. I like to relax, unwind so, with a so pantyhose. We have to talk to. Well, hair, we have to talk to H Man. H Dog. And you just H- need to tell H Dog you're H-Dwizzle. gonna wear it the whole day. H Dwizzle, <laughs> show shones. He comes down from the outside. Yeah. And uh, he usually <laughs> he usually picks out. You know, a nice dress color. for both of us. <laughs> yeah, a nice dress. What color pantyhose we're gonna uh, wear? And then he sits us down <laughs> and he slaps us around a little bit. <laughs> and he says, "You know, you're gonna wear these before." And you know, after. and then if one of us complains, he slaps us in the mouth, and he just says, "No, this no. is the way it's gonna be. The pantyhose stay on tonight." You can't imagine what it was like without him, right? We used yeah. to play without. <laughs> How, what was it like without him? That's we what I want to know. We used to play without pantyhose, and it was, it was terrible. It was like you were dead. Your life began with the pantyhose. There was right? no support. You know, it just really was a flopping sad around thing. all over the yeah, stage. Yeah, we were just bouncing and bouncing. No structure. Now let's get serious for a minute. <laughs> Tell me about the Easter Bunny picture. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an easy fix. Yeah, we're writing an album actually <clears throat> called. Uh, Follow the Easter Bunny. First track is Merry <laughs> Effing Christmas. Yeah. And, uh... Fill in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> Old Man Gloom is... We're not going after that, but they have an album called Christmas. First track called Gift. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know... It's kind of like that, I guess. I don't know. I think. Well, yeah. The Easter Bunny's been good to us. Yeah. We sat with him, we talked with him, we ate his eggs. <laughs> we ate his egg. You know, it's a really sexual thing, the Easter Bunny, though. When you sit on his lap, <laughs> he gets really excited. Does he smile? <laughs> he gets so scared. If you guys could see Tim right now, he looks like a uh, bugged out venom blaster, but that's his look. He's like got this... I- Venom blaster. Yeah. I, yeah, I am a venom blaster. He's like a waspy venom. <laughs> no. I'm a cross between a wasp and a venom snake. Tim. Snake. <laughs> a hula hoop man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tim, tell me the major agreements that you had with the Easter Bunny. 
The major agreements? <laughs> no, the disagreements. Oh, the disagreements. Well, he wanted me one time to take over control of the uh, factory that he lives in. <laughs> so I had to... Tim was busy, though. I had to get off of the air, of the fighter jet that I was flying yep. that day. Yep. And I had to come down and go into the factory. And we, we just... We made such amazing love right there in the in the eggs. But that was cool. But didn't you guys also make like a sourdough bread kind of thing? Yeah, the bread factory, right? We, we needed it with our knees. We needed it. What did you do when the Easter Bunny gave you disrespect? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like it. Very what much, did you really. do, Tim? I. You can't put up with that, man. You have to be really diligent with the Easter Bunny. You have to because he's a. Um, you have to make sure you tell him which field which. to be in, because there's the red field or the blue field, and a lot of times he likes to stray <laughs> off course. <laughs> wow. Oh, so if if he gets out of line, it's just about being very strong. What firm, about his jacket? And deeply didn't, inside. Didn't you give him the idea to be to be inside a jacket? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was about, yeah. But he's he's always uh, inside. It's just how deep he goes. <laughs> yeah. High five. <laughs> Slam baskets. <laughs> if there's anyone out there that hasn't listened to Father and Son, then you should go on the internet and yeah. listen to it. Fatherandsonband.com. That's M O C dot D N A B. Ong, 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 um, dao. Umba, boomba, zoom. Click, 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 click. Now, what was the moment when you said to yourself, the Easter Bunny has it coming? <laughs> Wasn't Nick, that a... I think we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Our last interview, you said that a violent monocle was after us. <laughs> Or the moon had it coming. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> what do you do? What do you like to do when the Easter Bunny comes to your show and just disrupts everything you're doing? Take off the gloves. Uh, <laughs> you go to town with him. town huh? basket. <laughs> you go to town with him. Yeah. You need to make him apologize. Oh. You gotta just yeah. Polish yeah. his take eyes. Things take things slowly with the Easter Bunny. That's really yeah. Good. He's yeah. a he's a. That's how they will learn. He goes to he likes to go a little fast, so sometimes I just take it slow. You know? <laughs> that was beautiful. Man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. do you figure you're gonna take any pictures with Santa Claus or like reindeer or anything like that, or is it just? I think it's a good I idea that so. from now on every holiday we you know. <laughs> We're gonna take a lot of pictures. Yeah. Actually, tonight we took a picture with Nick, me and Tim, and Nick. Uh, as the Easter Bunnies fill in. Yeah, so you guys out there will see Nick with us. Because, dude, we are like a team, you know? We yeah. have Jim Panola on the artwork. We have H-Dog managing. We got Japan Nick hooking us up with the interviews, you know? It's really feeling it's like good, it's feeling like it's a, a good love. time. Now for, we just need fans. Now we just need some people to <laughs> kind of get with it. Yeah, so get on it, people. <laughs> mm. I could really see that. Yo, Tim, you remember when you were little, like, meeting, like, Superman and stuff like that? I never met Superman. Oh, he's so cool, man. <laughs> but anyways, like, just go to events like that. Meet, like, the characters in Pokemon or something. <laughs> and just pose like you did I, with the yeah, Easter I Bunny. Meet, I would meet Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Pokemon characters. Like, uh... What's that one? Umlaut. Blizzard? Blizzard. <laughs> Bubble Fluff or something? Charizard? Like Charizard. That was it. Yeah, Charizard. 
Yeah, I want to meet Charizard. I want to meet him. I really do. <laughs> I want to get to know him. What would you say? I would, I would thank him. For all the love. For what he's done. He gave you a deep respect. He gave me a, a lot of things. The clock ticks. The clock ticks down. Until Charizard. Sounds. Next question. Yes. <laughs> now, dudes, what have been some valuable lessons that you've learned through performing in New York City together, as well as individually, about how to not get exploited in the scene? Oh, God. We're always being exploited. Yeah. We just play. You know what it is, man? You know, you get to a point where you just realize that you have to just take your clothes the off. <laughs> just really take your clothes off, you know, and yeah. let your package... Jingle. Jingle like a bell and dangle, okay, and just be uninhibited and allow the the power the mustard from within that that ball sack to shoot out religiously up into religiously. the heart, right? Then out through the fingers into mm. the electric into the instrument through the electric out into the face of the most beautiful woman <laughs> in the audience <laughs> and then it it then it goes all the way through every single single person all there. the beings yeah it starts like that I, that's how I think for me it's more of a it's like you're a rock and you saw your first leaf fall out of the sky yeah exactly and of course, yeah squirrel <sighs> the first nut. <laughs> it's like you're a rock being eroded by time and all you can do is hit the skin of a dead animal in order to cause it pain <laughs> now last month you released uh, a new single Crazy 88 mm -hmm. can you paint the situation on how you compose that yeah um, well we wrote that song pretty simply um, back in May, and then we went on tour, we played it a bunch, and people really liked it, so we took it to the studio and made it a single. And we did the basics, the drums and the guitar, and then we put down the bass, which really added a cool, deep rhythm to it. What was that, dude? A car driving by? Super Bowl ad. Ah, Super Bowl. And, uh, Super Bowl 48 can't come close enough. Super Bowl, yeah. Uh, so then we, you know, we did the regular thing, and we just started writing some extra stuff on top and giving some the best performances. Steven Greenberg in the studio helping us out, uh, getting it recorded, and yeah. Yo, was it like the Crazy 88 in uh, Kill Bill? No relation. <laughs> Tim, what was it about? Silence. Hmm. That's the best description I could come up with. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Most our our newest songs seem to have a theme of of really they don't mean anything. They're just energy. Mm. But anyways, now with Wally's Waltz, that's about a 90-second <laughs> instrumental. You like that one a lot, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that's a cool one. What do you feel like you can say with an instrumental that's impossible to well, say with words? Well, that's a cover. I don't know if you know that. That was a cover. Oh, I was just testing you then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that being said, I wish we could play that one. Me too. That's a, that's a fun one. There's no CD player. No, no. It's on the other side. There's nothing here, dude. No, no. This is the CD player. <laughs> <laughs> What? That's not a CD player, dude. It is, but anyways. You can't access it from here. Come over here, then. I don't care. But, like, <laughs> Tim, what do you feel like you can say in an instrumental that's impossible to say with, like, words in a song? Uh, I love instrumental music. I think that... Oh, there it is. Uh, it's just a different vibrational... Uh, Thing that happens, you know. We don't have to be secretive about this. Yes, we do. What? There was no CD in there. No, I put it in the CD thing already. Dude. Oh, what did you want me to do? <laughs> I don't know. Pick out the. Uh, <laughs> play the first track. I don't even know. Yeah, what it is. pick out how to play it or something, man. Like Wait. I gotta man the uh, mic and stuff. Dude, you got a Twinkie in your hands, man. Come on. <laughs> Work with us. So, Nick, what do you think about the instrumental versus the uh, vocal thing? I suppose you can come off a lot more um, aggressive and furious in an instrumental. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, one of my favorite songs that we play, one of my favorite songs that we play is called The Splits or Angry yes. Moon. And that's instrumental. I love that one. And you can just, yeah, you just get a lot of energy into it. Dude, it's like moldy. Ryan, the Twinkie is not moldy. It is, bro. Oh, it is. They're good for you, man. It has protein in it. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the important thing is, if you want that out of your stomach, you have to puke it up. So I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> It's good. Lemon and spice, spice, spice. Mm. Tim. Yeah. From your uh, years in recording, what would you say is the biggest mistake um, very inexperienced musicians take when they step foot into the, st the recording studio for the first time ever? Playing with metronome. Why are you disrespecting the metronome? <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't really want to get into it, but I don't like the metronome. Well, it's a necessary evil in certain circumstances, but I think it's really bullshit. I think that it takes a lot away from uh, the natural human element that's involved in music, the spiritual element. I think it really kills a lot of that. I think that, uh, I think that it's, I think that it goes against. Uh, a real true pulse, which is not machine-like, which is felt in connection to the human heart, which is then connected to something deeper. Uh, so there's a certain flow that uh, gets taken away. And I can always tell uh, when music has been played to a metronome. And that doesn't mean that I dislike it always, but I, li I think it would be, I always feel, 90% of the time, I feel like it would be better without it. What what is the telltale sign that you can say, you know that I can tell right away? 
right uh, out the gates. Certain, That's with the metronome. Certain uh, accents, the way the accents lay, pretty much. Um, and it just—I don't know. You, I don't know. For me, I could just—I just feel. I just—I don't know. I just know. You know. Usually, I just can can just tell. You know. What is that? Within one or two seconds? No, not really. Um, but. You know, I don't know. You can just tell. It's you know, it's certain things. I mean, like a lot of stuff that I've recorded personally, I've used a metronome for it. So, you know, there's great music out there that was done to a metronome. Like, don't get me wrong about that. But I just uh, as I, as a new artist, as somebody in the studio to rely on it. I think you're saying is like yeah, not the best thing. It's just, you know what it is. It's just a mentality. Like nowadays, like so much music is done in this way that it feels like we need to play to a metronome or that's what music should be like or that's what perfect is and i really disagree with that i don't think that's what perfect is at all and i think it's detrimental to music in a lot of ways and the music that i love the most and i, I think is the deepest and the most spiritual really doesn't rely on that it relies on the uh and and there's i think that in time in in the concept of time musically to have things uh not be perfect is actually makes things a lot more interesting uh, you know, musically. And that's what I love about our band is we, we really are, I feel, organic when we play, you know. That's a nice thing. Ryan, do you have anything to say contrary? Um, well, I I don't dis uh, the metronome as a device to learn and grow as a musician, especially coming from a drumming perspective. It's a really helpful tool uh, to get better. But I completely agree with Tim that I, I really like playing songs without it. And though probably just as much as my favorite music that's been recorded with a metronome um, is I like just as much that hasn't, you know, like bands that are more jazzier and, and move around in time. Um, I can enjoy just as much as stuff that's pretty by the books with a, with a metronome. Um, but, you know, m recorded music is a, is a new phenomenon and... Uh, and it's really the live experience, and I can't stand a band that uses a metronome live. Yeah, I mean that's that just, will that'll do it for me. That's the biggest pussy ass thing you could do as a musician. <laughs> I mean, really, like if you're up there and you're sorry, sorry, Nick, if you're up there and you're using a metronome, you are just a. F I mean, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right, that's it. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just feel very strongly. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ryan. I agree. I almost said the same exact words, and then Tim just stole them from my heart. But I, it's so true, you know? Like, um, that live thing, it has to be live. You have to be playing off the pulse of your, you know, what's going on exactly. between each other and feeling each other. Not Playing off of that, that click, imagine? It like, removes everything that's human about music. It yeah. takes away. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. What would you say if, like, you were at a club, and it was like a pretty hot club, but they were saying, you know what? You you either play with the metronome or you get out. What do you do then? And you really like the club, and you we, feel like you it know offers what we would do? We'd say, sure, yeah, and then we'd rip our headphones off, play without it, and yeah. then they would have to get us up. They would have to come up on stage and physically escort us out. <laughs> yeah. That's what would we happen. don't really care about anything <laughs> yeah. like that, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'd do our worst. So what are you doing to fight the metronome? <laughs> <laughs> you got to fight them, man. Nah, man, it's cool. Uh, you know, whatever. People, yeah, people, people do that. People do their own thing. I just have my own personal beliefs that yeah. I stick to. That's all.
yo, do you, Ryan, do you ever like prank Tim and just like put on the metronome? <laughs> him not That's realizing a great it? idea. I'm gonna do that. He'll kill me though. You hear how angry he is? It'll about be a worthy death. <laughs> death though tim got mad at me once for using metronome (laughs) practicing by myself and he said turn that off (laughs) i'm still kind of upset about it but maybe we'll clear the air here on the radio yeah i'll just let him apologize for that moment (laughs) that mean mean moment i remember that he's not gonna say it all right I guess we'll move on. Yeah. Was it a wild night? <laughs> so it's always a wild, wild night. night. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Man, I've had, I'm eating a lot of this beef jerky, man. I'm, it's good I'm for you, man. You, really you need sick. the salt in your diet, oh, man. Oh, my God. It's so bad after a while. Now, Ryan, what mm-hmm. type of recording techniques do you find most helpful when recording new music? Hmm. hmm. Being well rehearsed. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Um... Taking care of yourself and and being just you know what it is it's it's being the best musician you can be when you when you do a recording you're taking a snapshot of yourself and your band as a collective um, and hopefully you can reach the best you can do so taking care of yourself physically and emotionally and spiritually and um, is the most important thing and practicing your instrument and uh, playing a lot listening to each other is probably the most important thing in music so if you're gonna play collectively i think that's the most important thing uh and how tim and i record is we record drums and guitar at the same time um so that we get that feel so we have to listen to each other and uh leaving space for improvising is important but also being really comfortable with the song, you know, playing, just figuring it out as much as you can so that you get in the studio and you're like, okay, it's good. Cause there's nothing worse than when you leave and like a couple months later, you're like, oh, I should have done that. Or, yeah. you know, I should have figured out a better fill or I should have, you know, approached that differently. Now, what do you feel like are some important techniques for composing new songs? Um, well, that's really, you know, the heart, like, that's the fun, that's the really fun part of music, is writing new stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I personally, I can, I can write any kind of song, you know, an instrumental thing, a ballad, or a hip-hop track, or a hardcore metal thing, and, um, how Tim and I kind of gear it is, we, we, we've done a lot of different stuff over time, but... We'll uh, we'll pretty much go off our feelings in the moment, and it comes from a jam that we'll be playing out how we feel. I think that it's uh about following the music and not following your ego. I think that's the thing that makes the best music. So music already exists, you know. What do you mean? Like it's just it already exists. Like you don't you know it's just like you just you're not it's like I'm not creating this stuff. You know what I mean? Like it just come it just comes from somewhere. I don't who the hell knows where this stuff comes from. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not like you know like uh, like if everyone could write an amazing song, they would do it, right? Everyone everyone would want to do that to write like an incredible song that everybody listens to. 
So the the people that actually do that, that's something that's given to them from somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's not something that I, I believe. So I think that when you're creating something, you just have to you just have to um, take yourself out of it. Get out of the way. Get out of the way of what's already there, basically. And that's the challenging part, you know. But the thing that I think that Ryan and I just naturally do that very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever heard of, like, a muse? Yeah. You know, like the thing that kind of inspires you and speaks through you? I think that's, it. it's very true. It's like a spirit mm-hmm. that just goes through you. And Tim's absolutely correct that <laughs> just getting out of the way of it and... um having fun with it and just enjoying that that uh process cool so is it impossible to play music <laughs> it might be but it might not be because i have a friend of mine's band here maybe we could play them since we don't have any of our own music <laughs> <laughs> well if you want to uh take off your headphones and come over here and try that's and work right. the cd player <laughs> no, no, i'm not qualified all right that's fine we'll just keep talking <laughs> it's intimate no, with yeah. like the uh, composing music part though, like, do you feel like it comes from like something you're born with, or through an experience of yours that was personal? That I think it's a combination, really. I mean, you know, like, no, it's just, uh, you know, some people are good at p- really good at ping pong. Yeah, you know, some people. <laughs> we saw some. Other of those people today. know how to write. Other people know how to write songs. You know, I don't know. It's just like. Tell me about this ping pong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason you're here. <laughs> I wanted to be a ping pong champion when I was younger. And yeah. then I saw that I couldn't compete with the Asians, so I picked up a guitar and practiced. And failed at that yeah. as well. Thanks, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. He knows I'm kidding. <laughs> Ryan, be honest. You're the real ping pong wizard in here, right? Yeah, Ryan's the ping pong master. Oh, man. So many games, so many tournaments. We all play, we all play games. <laughs> Do you play games? Occasionally. Do you? What? Which ones? Uh, Q-Bert. I guess uh, some of the video games. Do you play video games? Occasionally. Which ones? Q-Bert. Um, anything fighting Say or uh, RPG. Like specific, be specific. Say um, The old Final Fantasies. Oh, you play like the old games. Like yeah, also Neo Geo, 1? which was really awesome Dude. back in the day. Just say Qbert. <laughs> what about Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> Why not? No, no. That, that's... You never played Metal Gear? What? You I'm not seem... down with that, man. Why? You seem like you'd be into that. Final Fantasy. Remember Final Fantasy uh, Seven yeah. when that came out for PlayStation? Dude, I'm old school, man. I was that into was Final old. Fantasy Four. That's really old school. Final Fantasy Seven, though. Do you remember that one? I remember. Yeah. I played one of them. That was crazy. That was like huge. It was I never that, that huge. Into it. it was like the biggest deal. Played Spyro the Dragon. You know what's coming out? Sim C- Sim City. Actually, it's already <laughs> out. I'm obs- I love that shit. <laughs> Yo, do you remember Sim City from like the Super Nintendo days? Yeah. Yeah. But it was for the computer, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, they had a Super Nintendo version really? too, Did man. They? Oh wow. That's cool. It was wild days, it. man. Yeah. We wild out. days, man. Missed out on I've heard you're going to uh, be recording a full length this summer. Mm. Will there be any old songs of yours that you'll be updating as well as, uh, or just completely new tracks on this? We're going to let it it go as it is. It's a really good chance we don't rehash uh, old stuff because 
we get excited about new stuff, but um, what do you think, Tim? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a- any songs about Cactus Pete? We could easily write a song about Cactus yeah. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Cactus that would be Kate. a very wise decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Nick's giving us a hint. Do that? Yes, well, we're going to. Our, our plan, we'll tell everybody here, <laughs> is like maybe July or August. Um, we're going to get together for two weeks at this house. Our Actually, H Dog, our manager, um, has access to a, a place where we'll, we'll be able to write for about two weeks. And then we're going to space out another two weeks um, worth of recording sessions at our studio. Um, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, dude. We're going to, if, you know, we really want it to happen. We think it, uh, it, it, does, it needs to happen. You know, we've, uh, we've gone very far. <laughs> Tim's got a lot to say over here, so go ahead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's biting at the chomp about this this record. It's gonna be really, uh, it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be really good. Yeah, like for the bulk of this album, how for the how what? recently did these songs uh, get composed? We haven't composed any of them. That's why. Well, we have one that we'll do. Probably. <laughs> what is it like? Some crazy doom record where it's like it's just one song and it's gonna be like fifty minutes long. It could be. Yeah. Probably not. For, no, probably not. Ooh. We're it's gonna, gonna be go, eighty minutes long. We're gonna go out to the woods and we're just gonna. We're gonna uh, write, write it write in it a two week. In two weeks, yeah. We're gonna hopefully get like ten to a hundred tracks. I think. I mean, I think we should put eighty-eight on there. Yeah. And yeah. We should put uh, and we'll do. Um, this new one. The new one. What is it going to be like? <laughs> songs that are like three seconds long? No. No. Uh, Nick, I was thinking dude. you'd go into grindcore territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to span genres as we often do. Nah. Yeah. So what genres eclectic. do you find yourself branching into these days? We've been really into... Fast, heavy, yeah, hard, like kind of hardcore stuff. It's actually, I feel like we're sounding more and more like the Beastie Boys. Yeah, people from what era though? Uh, Early-ish. I love though. It's what like license to ill days. Well, it you know it's it's the live uh, instrument, so it's very different. But the way we've been communicating vocally has been this like play back and forth, and Mm -hmm. and because Beasties were like always had like a punk vibe it's just coming across kind of like that which is really uh pleasant <laughs> what was your favorite period of the beastie boys um my f- i actually i'm kind of lame i really like to the five burrows which is mm. a very recent record if you look at a beastie boys history and they got songs like brouhaha on there it's like what the boo ha ha, boo ha ha, and that it was funny. They've always had a good sense of humor, so I enjoyed that album. Oh, but you got to give it up for sabotage, though, man. Sabotage, say. it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Fight but, for your right, too, man. Yeah, fight for your right. Did you see the John C. Riley like video of that and like oh, that? That was amazing. Amazing, dude. I didn't see that, oh. dude. You should make a so music good. video like that. What is it? <laughs> um. Like, wh- was Will Ferrell in it, too? He was, right? It was I like don't that- think so. Well, that was, like, from 92, wasn't it? 
No, man. Th- I'm talking about a really recent video. Oh, I-, I was thinking of like Sabotage. Sabotage no. is the fake cop video. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I just watched that the other day. That's such a sick song, man. Song yeah. But in, uh, recently, the like these comedic actors did a <laughs> this really funny uh like kind of uh I don't know, like just like short film on uh on Fight for Your Right and the BC boys are in it too. It's it was it was a couple of years ago now I think, but it's totally hilarious. You ever thinking Can about I have one of those? Yeah yeah. Thanks. Tim, also give uh, one to uh, Rye. Thank you. When do you think you're going to make a music video? We did. Yeah. When's it coming yeah. out? Um, we've got a guy who's uh, working on it. He's working on editing it. Actually, two really talented filmmakers. Uh, it's for the Crazy 8 single. Uh, I'm going to say this month. Just... <laughs> <laughs> if you look at our website, I told you it would be out in October. As <laughs> a joke? No, it Wait. was supposed to come out in October. October? Yeah, we were trying to get it done by <laughs> Really? <laughs> and now oh it's got to be May, so it, who who knows? It was, well, but it was really supposed to come out April 1st, though. He was supposed to have it done, I thought. Yeah, I don't he know. Said. It's just, we're just, it's coming out. It'll be out <laughs> one day. It's going to go viral. We'll have a music video, which will be cool and bloody. And it's going to be naked girls in it. Yeah, there are girls. It's a couple girls. A couple girls. Fancy now, girls. what types of things did you do in the music video? Uh, you know. We <laughs> <you> sat, <laughs> <laughs> sat around and uh, talked about... How much we like one another. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about each other's qualities. Yeah. It was a love fest, man. Yeah. You'll have to see it. I yeah. don't think we should talk about it. I think we should just mm-hmm. watch it. It's because it's going to be... But I mean... It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Tim, since you're in New York City, just think about all the crazy stuff you could get away with by filming people and like doing it in the subway or something like that. I would love to do that. I think that'd be really cool. July Blowns in the subway. Yeah, we just do that. We can do or something. Yeah. <laughs> if you just surprise people and we just got on there with a camera and are just like That's how you do un- it, man. Un- unplug guitar and you have your drumsticks and then we just someone with a boombox and we just lip sync. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. If, with all that's those good people idea. there. Yeah. Then have some guy like awesome. Yeah. swinging around on uh the rails or something. Yeah, like super dressed up or something. So it looks fun. Do you want to do like a synchronized dance <laughs> too? <laughs> I'm serious. Tim. <laughs> it would be sick, that yeah. Would be really funny. <laughs> wow. Yo, what's with those people in like the Brooklyn subways where they're just like flipping around on stuff and all? It's become like a huge thing. I like now. it. I loved it. I loved it. I, I actually like it a lot. Sometimes it's amazing. Yeah. Where did that come from? Kids, man. They realized that they can make money doing that, so now everyone's doing it. It's fun. How can you make money from doing that, though? People pay them. They pass the hat. Mm. They're artists, yo. They're great. I saw a guy today. He was really, really good. Mm. Can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How profitable is this 
Enterprise. We make billions. Yeah, a couple Bs. One B. You a, know who's worth a B? Madonna. A, I just saw that. A B each, I'd say. One B. <laughs> Twenty-five Bs. Mm. <laughs> 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 hmm. There's wow. so there's so many people, dude. Yeah. There's just so many people. That's kind of all I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, like, when you look around, you see all the different people. They got different amounts of money in their pockets. And you got different amount of money. You know, they're living in a house, maybe. Yeah. Walking around. Yeah. And it's just, if you really, you know, look around a lot, People doing their thing, you know? Definitely. Totally. For real, see, man. You guys don't even get it. <laughs> no, nah, we get it, man. You don't get it. I don't know what's your problem. All right, what is it? It's a secret I can't tell you. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what is this old I man gloom? I think you really like that. We have to really? remind me to play that on the way back. I haven't cool. listened to it yet, but it's Cliff's. Uh, what old man's they're, child? They're, they're, the cool, <laughs> they're the coolest dudes, man. I think you would. I think you. I think we'll like it. Awesome. I wish we could play it here. What's uh, the name of the band? Aunt, I, Hild- Aunt Hildegard. I love it. Mm. I think you would like them too. Maybe. It's like stoner doom rock. Oh, stoner is awesome, man. Yeah. What's your favorite stoner band? Cough. Jeez, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what about Clutch, man? Nah, man. Old Monster Magnet. Mm. Come on, Dopes was amazing. Mm. Come on, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, Ego the Living Planet. I love these names. Yeah, that sounds Negasonic good. Teenage Warhead? Nega? Nega. What, what does like Nega that. mean? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. That's amazing. That was like the trippiest <laughs> song of all time from Monster Magnet. Yeah. Although I need to check out Spine of God. Ooh, that's an interesting thought. Really love Power Trip. Yeah. That was like one of the first albums I really got into. I'll put that in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was good, seriously. (laughs) So I was looking at your shirt, and Nick's got this amazing shirt of a Japanese man being flushed into a blue toilet. He had it coming. (laughs) What's the band? Fast kill. Fast kill, of course. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, think about it. How could it, a heavy metal band not have some really crazy, horrifically insane name? That'd yeah. just be wrong. It'd be like, what are you going to have it be? Like, the happy tree puppies? <laughs> mm. I think it's so funny when you just start talking about all these bands and their names. <laughs> Rat Skates. No, no, Rat Skates is the drum, the original drummer from Overkill. He was oh, a founding oh. member. Oh, okay, okay. And Bobby Blitz is the singer of Overkill. Bobby Blitz. Bobby Blitz. Do you like, oh, have you heard of the band? <gasps> Dude, you have to come with me to this. Dude, you need to go on it? with what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's awesome, exist. Tim. I really love those guys. They're insane, man. They're so it brutal. <laughs> Negative approach. You never know, heard of him. You've never heard a negative approach? This was the guy who, when I went to that punk festival, these guys came out, and you would have guessed that they were, like, middle-aged mm. lawyers or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, the singer 
was the most incredible, like, the the anger coming off <laughs> this guy was so profound, but in the most amazing way. And, like, uh, it was so cool. They're playing in the city on April 13th, I think. That's our I know. <laughs> April 17th. April 17th, I think. Dude, let's so do it. Let's definitely go. The guy is Nick. so sick. Make it so out. So what man. are they fighting for? They're not fighting for anything. <laughs> They're just angry. They're called negative approach. <laughs> They're about being negative and angry. But they do it in a way that's... Lawyery? Real, I think. Sounds really good. Yeah. But We're, they look like lawyers? No, they don't look like lawyers. They just look like normal dudes. They're not like... They don't look like... They're not like... They don't have any tattoos. They're not... They're just like normal guys. And But then they have this like incredible uh, energy and, and presence. That's all. I see. You would really like them, I think. Do you like punk? Like traditional punk? Like, I like hardcore punk. Like, um... The Exploited. The Exploited. What's that band from the city? From the Lower East Side? Chromax? No. Chopkick Murphys? No. S- no. I'm thinking about SoCal bands here. I love Suicidal and Chromax, though. They rule. Yeah. I don't know them. Harley Flanagan is a nice guy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. DRI is good. I don't know them. Do you like Henry Rollins? Yeah, he's respectable. Mm. You like Black Flag? They're good. Do you like um, Stooges? Honestly, I need to check them out. You don't? You've never checked out the Stooges? I'll be honest, no. Really? For realsies. That's all right. It's good. It's good. It's good that you're honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so what is your verdict on the beef jerky? It's good. It's making me feel uh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> Between that and the, and the Twinkies, I'm uh, kind of feel like taking on the world, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> do you live? Off, what do you? Eat, what do you? Eat, do you live off this stuff, Nick? Or um, do you eat healthy sometimes or never? I try to eat waffles with peanut butter. I put it <laughs> in the microwave, then put maple syrup on it. Do you really do that? Dude, Dude it's crap. so awesome after the gym, man. It <gasps> has so much protein. Sounds amazing. Wow. You put and the peanut so, like, butter in the microwave? No, no. You put it on the waffle, and then you put it in the microwave for like a minute and a half. It's great, man. That's and it melts amazing. On there. I'm yeah, doing that. Yeah, it's like, I'm think about that. it. Elvis used to do stuff like that. Yeah, and he died in the bathroom <laughs> on the toilet. <laughs> he sure had a fun ride to it, though. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, That's a good point. Old Ubis. Ubis Lupus. Because think about all the brilliant things Elvis did. I love Elvis. I was obsessed with Elvis when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I used to dance around to Elvis. I think maybe everybody did that, though. Yeah. Yo, if we could reanimate Elvis and bring him back, what would you say to him if he was here right now? Oh, God. Peace. <laughs> say, yo, you know that song you did called Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog? <laughs> I, that was a good song, I man. used to eat hot dogs to that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis was the king. Mm, king and nothing. What do you mean? <laughs> He's the man. 
I hate on Elvis. I'm sorry. Do you? I do. Yeah. You don't like Elvis? You know me. Why? I got certain things I just... It's better left unsaid. Let me guess. You pick... Uh, who's your favorite Beatle? Uh, <sighs> See, I'm not crazy about the Beatles. Just tell me mm. the one person you think that doesn't suck in the Beatles. No, the Beatles <laughs> no pressure. do not suck. That's just ignorant to say I that. Can't, I can't pick a Beatle. I think McCartney and Lennon both wrote amazing songs, and the other dudes wrote great, too. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yo, you ever seen Time Bandits? Um, what is that? Yeah, dude. It's that movie where like those midgets go through time and steal stuff. Yeah, it's And they awesome. beat people up. <laughs> it's a great movie. I like the values that it professes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that movie. Time Bandit sounds familiar. It was though. a Terry Gilliam movie. You know, like, he was the American Monty Python. He did all those crazy cartoons for Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, George Harrison wrote a song at the end of it. I think it was called Dream Away. That's probably my favorite George Harrison song. Yeah, what about the uh, Stones, though? Mm, see? You just hit a... I, I don't like the Stones. Yeah, we both yeah. don't like them. Yeah. They have a couple songs that are like, all right, that's cool. But then... Yeah, you I know what? For me, the drummer just... He's not grooving enough. I have that he's issue. old now? Because he was always old at heart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And his limbs didn't move correctly. Mm. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. Who do you look at as some a rock band that's always had a youthful soul? Mm. <clears throat> no mm. pressure. Um. Well, I saw the Zeppelin Celebration Day concert. I saw it. I didn't see it live. I saw it in a movie theater showing, and I thought it was incredible. And those guys had... They, the song sounded better in so many ways <laughs> than even the best Zeppelin like tracks, which is crazy to say. Like they're not better songs, but there were aspects to it that were even better. So I think you know, as an old band that doesn't even play, they're not active. They did that one thing, and even though they didn't have bon you know uh, John Bonham, his his son was playing. That was incredible concert this guy's got a youthful soul collective soul right tell me your feelings on twinkies <sighs> what do they mean to you as an artist <laughs> they're the forbidden fruit of the modern world <laughs> inspiring <laughs> do you feel like without twinkies being manufactured anymore it's like it's like the changeover from like when the internet appeared and then just a little time before it, there, there never was internet. Mm. It's like that type of difference where it's just like you're living a in a new time zone and nothing will ever be the same. It's like the end of a generation or something. Yeah, it's it. Well, the Twinkie is it's an enigma and it should have never existed. And the fact that it did was really a gift from god and uh now that it's gone it's the end of times and 
soon it'll just be cockroaches on the earth and and tiny little twinkie men <laughs> naked yeah where where do these twinkie men come from <laughs> well they're the remnants of a lost civilization uh and they're becoming more apparent if you start looking in your sock drawer and deep in your psyche uh they're there and more of them are coming by the way Tim, pick one of these and read it. Yeah. I'm pregnant. <laughs> How's it coming along? It's coming along. Well, how many I'm months are you there? Get, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to pack it in. Oh. <laughs> Is it four months? How hard four are the months. kicks, man? They're, they're intense. They have little babies in there kicking around, hmm. swimming in the fluids. Do you feel get that motherly glow? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the bond going already. Mm. I'm just gonna, gonna kill I'm it. Gonna reach up <laughs> gonna in kill there. That, baby. I'm gonna reach up in there and just pull it out. <laughs> That's the bond. Just by my one little foot, dangle it in front Soul of me. Destroy it immediately. Dip, dip it in, dip it in wax, and put it up on my <laughs> <laughs> table and turn it into a candle. And, and then watch it we'll sit around. The and centerpiece. <laughs> fetus centerpiece. It'll be the centerpiece. Oh. Little baby candle. Fetus centerpiece. <laughs> It's a great name. Put it on your car, man. <laughs> Fetus hood ornament. <laughs> Dude, you dropped a dollar. Oh, my God. Shh. Oh, man, you, if you didn't say I that know. to him, that could have been your dollar. I know. Maybe it is my dollar, but I'm, <laughs> just, that kind of, I'm just that kind of guy. So, how often do you give away money that might have been yours, <laughs> Ryan? Be honest. Um... I'm actually really bad with money, as it's, I don't give anybody any of my money, and you can give me I live money. a I'm sad, good. empty life. <laughs> 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 That's just me. So, dudes, have you decided on who you're going to pick to produce, mix, and master your album? Just us. We do it with uh, the guy Steve, who did our last thing. And then we have a guy who masters it, whose name is Alex Saltz, who's great. Good friend of mine. Yeah. Very Tell nice. us about uh, Mr. Soul. I love him. He's a really, really nice person. And he really genuinely loves music and what mm -hmm. he does. And he's really supportive of up-and-coming artists. He's a good, really good guy. What types of things does he do that, if it wasn't for those things, he probably wouldn't pick him? Well, uh, he gives us a stuff. good he gives us a good rate. He's uh, super friendly. He's he just obviously cares about what he does. He's professional. I think he does a great job. He doesn't uh, overdo anything. He's very musical, you know. In the sense that it's like he doesn't um, he does what serves the songs best. I think. What do you feel like? Explain that. Uh, like sometimes a lot of mastering guys will over compress stuff just to make it louder, you know, um, just for the sake of being loud, you know. It's like impressive to the artist sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, it sounds loud. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, uh, so, and he, so he doesn't do that, you know. And anytime I've asked him to change something or do something, he's always right on it, you know, which is good too. Have you ever, like, produced any music for, uh, other musicians? I have, yeah. Wh what has that taught you? 
Um, I just did a band on Long Island called uh, the Thompson Gunners, and that was really fun. Uh, it's cool. It's nice because um, you get to kind of just sit back and relax a little bit, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and just guide the process as opposed to being like really consumed by it. No. Mm. I see. <laughs> I see. I see. Do you ever feel like um how quickly does it take for you to be able to see like in a recording um person like I guess maybe the engineer mm. or the guy that's mixing it how long does it take you to realize that they're making a mistake like in the recording like how they're uh, recording you guys. I worked I worked with a guy one time who um like when he was mixing and this was a really professional guy like he was a like a well-paid guy and everything. He would listen to the stuff so loud that it was like after like an hour you just couldn't hear anything anymore. What? <laughs> and then like so to me, that was just the most retarded thing because by the end of the day, <coughs> it was like my ears were shot and I wasn't even doing any of the mixing. I was just assisting him. And I don't know how he, you know, because what happens is after a while, you become desensitized to like the higher frequencies if you listen to music really loud, you know. So you tend to boost boost those. Um, and... Because if you're listening to something really loud and you've desensitized that, then you then you overcompensate for it. So all his mixes were like really harsh and bright sounding, you know, because he would listen to them at just insane volumes. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, a sign of a good engineer is somebody who can solve problems in the studio yeah, as they arise. So my bad experiences with with guys has been mostly. Um, People who don't know what they're doing so much, and it's just kind of it takes a lot more time. So and it and it interrupts the process, the creative process. And then the other thing that's really important is that, you know your engineer is kind of like your your friend for the time. You know, like your bandmates. Hopefully, you have a good relationship with and and you could be open with. And it's really important for me if you have another guy in there like. Uh, working with you while you're recording for him to be cool and on the same wavelength and all that so those are the good things and when they don't go right it's annoying mm-hmm. yeah what types of things are you hoping to see when you go into the recording studio in a few weeks or i guess a few months <laughs> yeah. um well for me i really just I want to get to a place where, like Tim was saying earlier about composition, like getting out of the way of myself. Mm-hmm. And I know we really try and do that, and sometimes we accomplish it better than others because it's a it's a hard dance to play um, when you when you both have different when we have different visions about how a song sh- like a part of a song should be, you know. Or even just a layer here, or like add this little sax thing or this extra guitar part. And um, so my only hope is that it's we have fun with it, man. Mm. We uh, we really enjoy 
doing it. I think we can achieve that with we go on to with the same mindset. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's hard to like um sometimes it's hard to see the big picture when you get involved because I know that for me and I know it's the same for Ryan, we both care so much about what we're doing and we have such like we have such specific things that we hear or opinions that we have you know mm. so um but the big picture is that it should it should be fun cuz it's a creative thing yeah it comes from trusting each other too i think like and just knowing like if tim has an idea it's going to be good because right. he's good and if Where I have an idea, Where it's going to be great because I'm crazy. We can already oh. see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just a pawn in his universe, in Tim's universe. No, so. no. <laughs> well, what's it like being a pawn, Ryan? <laughs> You should know, Nick. <laughs> oh, don't go there, man. <laughs> you took it there, bro. Just got the gloves on. <laughs> Hitting the Nick's bag. Got, Nick's got a beautiful smile. Dude, Nick's face is picturesque. <laughs> See what we're going to do after this interview. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom. I mean, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you can call me Tom. It's fine. <laughs> That's whatever. Um, how open are you to um, recording uh, more musicians besides uh, the Thompson boys? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, o- I'm open to it. It's fun. I like doing it. I don't love it, really, honestly. But I, li- uh, I'm, I would do it. I'm going to work with this kid. There's a guy that is uh, really talented. Uh, he's in high school, but he wrote a whole album, concept album called "The Life of an Elephant," <laughs> <laughs> and, it. and it's just, br- it's really, really. Uh, I really, I just love it. I think it's really creative and really good. So I'm gonna work with him. So what is the life of an elephant like? Well, the first song is a lullaby that the mother is singing to the elephant, and then it progresses track by track through the elephant's life, and at the end of the album the last song is the elephant is in meets a poacher and the poacher is saying to the elephant listen i have to feed my family and the elephant's saying well i'm just trying to live in the wild here <laughs> and it's so it's like a deep it's pretty deep i think so that the elephant uh, lets the poacher have his way right uh i don't remember <laughs> You gotta listen guy, to right? it to, to yeah. know. You'll have to hear it, man. See yeah. how the story ends. About how much time do you expect in the next year, or for the rest of the year, for you to be um, recording with new artists as to recording your own music? As opposed to recording my own music? Yeah, like how much of your time do you I really expect? don't know. It's not something I actively go out and seek to do. So you're you saying... Know? So if it, the opportunity presents itself and someone wants to do it and they ask me to do it, like I'll do it. But I don't really go out and try to do it. You know, I find it a little... Um, like I find engineering a little uh, draining. You know, I don't like... It's like very technical and you're like, you know, 
pushing buttons and stuff. It's like, eh. What type of uh, programs do you use uh, Logic, when you're recording? Logic or Pro Tools. Logic I've been using lately. Started with Pro Tools, but Logic now. What are the advantages of Logic as opposed to Pro Tools? Um, I don't know if there are any more now because Pro Tools, it used to be that Logic was way better for MIDI and for like songwriting because it was just sort of easier to use as a songwriting tool and it also came with a lot of like, you know, loops and different sounds and stuff. Uh, but Pro Tools is way better for editing. It's pretty standard, <coughs> I think. Like for live bands or something, Pro Tools is the way to go. And how do you feel about Audacity? I don't know anything about it. Ryan? No clue. <laughs> what is it? It's like this freeware audi um, audio editing software. Sounds like it's worthless. <laughs> if Tim didn't hear about it, if I didn't hear about it, then what are we talking about, dude? What is that, <laughs> Audacity? Um, It's... Just like this audio editing thing. Like, I usually use that to edit out profanity from music <laughs> so I can actually play it over the air. Oh, okay, cool. Edit no, I've never used it. Certain parts of interviews. If What's that little button you've been pushing when we curse? <laughs> uh, it's the uh, cough button. But So there's, like, a delay on this thing or something? Because um, you push it after. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. So it's like it, it cuts out about seven seconds so it's like that's we're losing about seven seconds if you curse oh wow really every time you push that button it cuts out seven seconds yeah i'm pretty sure the uh, recording doesn't do that oh, but i mean okay. it's just like for the actual radio for broadcast, the all those thousands of people listening the millions upon the millions, millions. <laughs> do you have people in other countries that listen to this yeah, sometimes uh, some Japanese people can actually Filipino guy. Really? Cool. Um, Do you have a way of tracking who's listening? or? Quite honestly, I've been fighting for that since day one, and I never get anywhere with it. Really? Mm -hmm. oh, that's too bad. It's, Sorry, um, man. That's just the way it is. It's. I guess it's a losing war on my part, or whatever you interpret from the way I said that, but it's kind of like... You know when you're fighting for something for so long and you're not going to give up, but you can realize it's that's the way things are rolling. Mm. Well, keep fighting for it. You might yeah. get it. <laughs> we'll yeah. make it happen for you. <laughs> All your dreams. So, like, tell me about um, this little mini tour you have coming up, I believe. I think it's on the 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we've been meaning to go back to the Sad Cafe in New Hampshire uh, because we had a really good show there on our tour in July. We tried to get up there in the winter, um, but it didn't happen. So we're going to go up on, on the 19th, and we figured while we're going up to New Hampshire, we might as well hit Boston and and uh, maybe Rhode Island or Connecticut or something and make mm -hmm. it a weekend thing. So um, we got the 19th in New Hampshire. Uh, the 20th, we're trying to nail down, might be Connecticut or Rhode Island. And then uh, 21st, 
and 22nd are both in the Boston area. When do you see the time when you'll play shows west of Chicago or North Dakota? Um, we need help probably at that point. Like, or, you know, it could go, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see within this year, hopefully we'll be having uh, wider visions to play further. But, you know, these shows, like, you play a lot of bum shows in between the good ones. And it's tough when, you know, you go, <laughs> you drive nine hours and you show up and you play to a, you know... Bobby and friends. Yeah, or a lackluster crowd. And mm-hmm. It's part of being a musician. It's part of the trade, and that's very cool. We're not special. You know, everybody has to go through it. Um, but <clears throat> hopefully, you know, just getting better leads and people, you know, to talk to and figure out what the best kind of shows are to play. And Harrison uh, H-Dog, our manager, is... Um, he he's actually out of in Colorado, so um, he would be able to help us a lot getting some more Western kind of dates and stuff. So, yeah. What type of things do you think will be possible for you, December twenty thirteen? Um, well, you know the things that I think we'd like to do um, is get this a full length, and then also play. Uh, opening for bigger bands yeah that's 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 huge we need to do that for sure yeah we haven't really um gone that avenue you know it's always like a uh trial and error kind of thing like we put on this nice show at bowery electric you know but we were headlining it and there's only so much we can pull um which is great you know we see a lot of old faces and stuff and some new but if we get in front of a crowd um it's just, you know, it's tough with us because we're not exactly a, a genre-specific band. Um, <laughs> so a lot of bands, it can't be like, oh, we, you know, we, we'd match up really good. You know, uh, we play with punk bands or rock bands or um, all different types of acts. And so it's been kind of tough going, like thinking what are some bands we could jump onto. But hopefully down the road, that's that's what we're trying to get going. Do you worry that, like, for those types of events that you need to put up with the uh, horrors of pay-to-play? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we, that's that probably suck. why it hasn't really happened too much. Uh, the old ska band I used to play with would open for, like, Real Big Fish and some cool ska acts, but they would have to sell a ton of tickets. Tell so. me what a ton of tickets is. Um, I think... Either you know, in terms of, like, the actual number or the money that you had to throw at the club. Yeah. Um, I think I remember at one point them having to sell like 30 to 40 tickets, which ends up being, if they're $15 a piece, a lot of money that you made for that venue. And actually, most of the shows we play, that's part of the deal, man. Like, not exactly pay-to-play, um, like selling tickets for venues, but they expect you to bring a certain amount of people. And we do our best, but, like, you know, uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And then you move on because those venues are evil. So even if they got a good name or whatever, it's, like, not worth it in my mind. With the percentage of venues, how, do you, how many do you see are 
like with the musicians eye to eye and then it's more like yo you need to come up with like 200 or 300 dollars to play at so and so night with so and so band how many the percentage is (laughs) (laughs) well i mean like i said most places they expect something of you uh which makes sense i guess uh, yeah, I mean that's. I mean they're a business. Yeah, you know, they have yeah. to do something. But, but the attitude just sucks a lot of times. You know what I mean? In these places, I think. Where do you right. see the greater evil? Yeah. The promoter or the venue owner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are good questions, man. They are because it is a big problem and it sucks. So, uh, it's yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Well, it, yeah, it's it's kind of either, you know. You're right. Like, it could be the venue or the promoter, but um, it's mostly just the the uh, what's it called? It's like the theme of the day, you know. Like, this is what's going on. This is what musicians have to deal with now, and uh, it's why house parties are probably the most sought after shows. Yeah, those are the most. Whether you're fun. on tour or whether you're, you know, in your hometown. What can you do at a house party as opposed to, like, playing at the Bowery or the Acheron or something like that? <laughs> you do whatever. And people like to go to house parties because they're free usually and uh, it's just a nicer vibe. It's a lot of friends and people know. It's really fun, yeah. This summer we're going to have to play a bunch of those. Yeah. It's what you hope for. What do you get out of playing for a house party? BJ's. <laughs> it's a lot more <laughs> free, loose women. That's <laughs> forty. You get uh, the energy is really cool. Usually because it's like no stage and people are right there in your face. That's yeah. fun. The only trade-off is like Tim said earlier is the crappy sound. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks for us. Too. Yeah, it's gonna be a crappy it's basement. Usually way too loud. What about a <laughs> like a backyard show? Uh, outside is tough too. Yeah, it sounds sucks outside. Yeah. What do you feel like about playing on top of a rooftop? Yeah, <laughs> rooftops suck. That <laughs> can be fun. Tim, you've done that. Yeah, I did that. I've never done that in Brooklyn. I did that on Halloween. That was a good time. Yeah. I remember I was at that show. Oh, were you? <laughs> it was a long time ago. Oh wait, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it got shut down by the cops. That's also the problem with house yeah. shows. They weren't that bad, though. No, they were really nice about it. Yeah, but still, when you're mid-set... And the that happened cop- to us one time. We were in the middle of the set, and the cops came and shut us down. That sucked. I got so What pissed. do you recommend doing at that point? We finished the song while the cops were there. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing you can do. What are you going to do? You know? I'm not going to get arrested. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> what has been the most adventurous show you've played outside of the tri-state area? Oh, I know. Easy exactly. one. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Far House. No? Yeah. <laughs> what? Was that the one with Attic Ted? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Do you want to tell the, the whole story, oh Ryan? Oh, my God. You should tell it. Dude. Uh, You ready, Nick? <laughs> Oh, I'm ready, man. You have no idea. <laughs> this is a cra- I've told this. I've been telling you, This is a crazy story. So, 
<coughs> um, we were on tour for at least a week, more than a week. I think it was more like our close to our second week. Mm -hmm. So a lot of days on the road. We were camping, lots of lack of sleep. Uh, yeah. Even if we had places to sleep inside it was crazy and we were in my jetta which is just ridiculous yeah. with all the drums and like two guitar amps yeah we toured only in a in the jetta <laughs> volkswagen jetta and um so we drove from syracuse new york to ann arbor michigan and we show up and tim walks into this house after a 10-hour drive yeah, of being on the drive being on the road for, you know, that long, 10 days or two weeks or whatever, and he just walks into this house, doesn't even know if it's the right place, and just sits <laughs> on the couch, and nobody's there. <laughs> and this this girl walks out and goes, excuse me, who are you? Yeah, she's in a bathing suit. Yeah. She's, like, half naked. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I watched him walk in, and I'm like, dude, you can't just walk into this house. Keep going. And, uh... So I see him be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and she's like, we're like, is this the place where the show's happening? And she goes, oh, yeah, but I don't know if it's going on. The promoter is, like, out of town, and we don't know if it's happening. And we're just, we just look at her with the face of, like, only people who go on tour have. Like, we drove nine hours to be here. <laughs> this is our, sh this, why are we here? So we just look at her like, you got to be kidding me, kind of. Mm -hmm. And, uh... She's like, oh, but anyway, bring your equipment in. Hopefully it happens. And so we bring <laughs> bring it into the basement. We go for a swim. Uh, we come back, like, hours later, and, and there's people milling about, and the show's going to happen. So um, the show starts off with this local group of people who are going to... Mind you, Tim and I, whenever we go to a place, usually we're the quirkiest, weirdest kind of project. This was like we were the most straightforward yeah. rock band you ever heard, like yeah. compared to the people at the Far House in Michigan. And uh, so the people who opened didn't know they were going to play. They just grabbed all the instruments they had, like drums, guitars, uh, saxophones, clarinets, hitting the wall, got a microphone for a guy to scream in, and they improvised two songs for about 10 minutes each. It was great. I and it was it. amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. It was really amazing. Uh, all atonal free stuff. Yeah. And then the next band was a touring band from Wisconsin called Dharma Dogs. And they uh, they slayed this weird... What was that, dude? What do you mean? What? <laughs> they, were, they had this weird thing about them. They were, like, doing, like, kind of straightforward, like, grindy kind of punk stuff, like hardcore. But they had this pedal that they would hit, and it would get really spacey. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, so they yeah. were really weird <laughs> playing like really heavy music, but then yeah. they'd be spacey with the rhythm still like keeping going. And then we played and had a good time. And then the final, the, the final event of the evening was this guy, Attic Ted from Austin, Texas. And this guy took, blew my mind, literally. Like, he took music to another level for me. The guy was, he's a, he was a puppeteer. He was like a, an actor. He wasn't a, he was a performer. He wasn't a musician. And he wore this mask that had so much life in it. And it's like this old man mask. And he pretended to be this old man. And he'd be like, yeah. I once was a kid before. <laughs> and I wrote a song about it. Here we go. 
and then he'd hit a loop pedal and it would have this drum loop and then he'd have a guitar and and he would perform like carnival crazy music yeah and he had this girl with a cello yeah and a, a saxophone and that's it that was addict head and he was this and he had this amazing lunatic, he had this amazing power over the crowd like we just became hypnotized yeah. by this guy. Like, like, and they had us put down mattresses, and everyone started wrestling on these mattresses. Well, he, 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 he looked. At, he, he switched his mask to a female mask, and he said, "Oh well, I come out and uh, you know come from the insane asylum, and yeah. there's not too much fun for us to have there. But <laughs> we take medication, and that's sometimes fun. But, but often I just want to watch the Ultimate Fighting Championship and." They won't let me turn it on, but I think it would be a really good idea if right now we just took that mattress right there and put it down and, and had a little wrestling match. What do you say? Wow. And, and it's it like w- verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even a question. We looked yeah. at him, and like half the time a band looks at a crowd and says, hey, get, get up and come closer. It'll be cool. And the crowd's like, nah, nah I'm not, no. Just a bad reaction. Addict Ted had us like, you know, at, like on his string like he was a puppeteer and we put the mattress down he tackled me <laughs> he just tackled me he hit oh, the yeah. loop pedal and tackled me eight people jump on top and there's this dog pile yeah. it's about 105 degrees in michigan it's the hottest day of the summer and we're writhing around in a human pile uh at this show and it's this weird carnival music that it it was hypnot like tim said hypnotizing so that was an incredible night, um, and we stayed up till about 6 a.m. and got got food we with this girl. We went again. swimming again, all of us, everybody from the show, Addict Ted, the bands, everybody, all the people there. And uh, as the sun was coming up, we went to bed for like four hours. In like piles of vomit in the basement. Yeah, dude. It was, it was nasty. grimy. Yeah. I slept on the mattress everybody wrestled on. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's so yeah. Nice. And, um, Did you at least flip it over? No, dude. <laughs> just straight up. But, but the cool thing, like what happened later that day, was I was in a pizza shop. And I was – Tim walked off, and we were, you know, like just doing our own thing for a minute. And I the, – the, there were like nine TVs in this place. <laughs> like, you know how those – crappy places have all these tvs for you to look at while you're eating and there was like some newscaster speaking but i was delirious from lack of sleep and the night before and addict ted's addict ted was burning in my brain i was so inspired by it and i kept and like all these tvs were at different volumes and they had like a little lag between them and i thought i was hearing him speak through these tvs (laughs) At this pizza shop, and uh, there were a lot of times on tour where like these the delirious moments happened. And uh, tell the rest of the story. All right, yeah. So that that was the first half of of a two day uh, event. Event, and we didn't have a show the next day. Um, again, it's like a hundred something degrees. So we. We chilled out in the town, uh, Ann Arbor, Chelsea, Michigan. We put our uh, our tent up. We were just squatting on different <coughs> places. We went out into the woods, basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we get to our tent that night, uh, the night after Addict Ted, with no sleep. We're so know. excited to sleep. Yeah, we just wanted to go to bed. And, uh, and I, I think I got to bed at around, like, 
12.31, and Tim was, like, fidgeting around trying to sleep, right? Because I was asleep when the first event happened. Oh, well, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was passed out. I was out like uh-huh. a light. And I just wake up to the loudest noise I've ever heard in my life. I mean, literally. I mean, it was the most intense sound. It was like just someone was firing a machine gun right next to my head, you know? Yeah. And, and you know when you're in that state of sleep and something wakes you up and you're scared, but you're so tired you can't move or do anything? And I was just like, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. I don't know what. And then I remember just t- grabbing, touching Ryan, and Ryan just goes, ah! He just sits up. He's like, ah! And we jump into each other's arms, man. And we're just like. Just but that's like, because the sound, there were two crashes. Yeah. Two. Two ginormous the first crashes. One, I don't think I was awake for it. No. And Tim just experienced it. Yeah. And then. And then as the second one begins, he touches my arm, and I hear the sound, like like he said, like bombs dropping, yeah. machine guns. Crazy. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then, uh... <laughs> so then it's... Sto- you want to tell the rest, or should I tell you? Yeah, go ahead. So then it stops for a minute, and then we're like... <laughs> we're just like so scared man our minds are playing tricks on us we think it's ghosts it's like apache indians from the past or something no idea what what this is there was a sign on the road on the way there that said like beware there's a prison like oh that's right i forgot about that (laughs) look out for people who escaped so we're like what are we gonna do like we pull out this like little swiss army knife we have or something right we're in our boxers we decided to just run to my car meanwhile my car hadn't been starting all day remember that too it hadn't been starting so we're like uh i was thinking like this car's not gonna start and we're gonna die here (laughs) literally we thought we were under attack yeah so we just dive into my car and mm-hmm. for some reason, the car starts, and we just peel out of there. Mm-hmm. And we drive into this town, and this town has this ginormous corn muffin factory <laughs> or something. I mean, it was like the most ominous, creepy-looking thing with mm-hmm. this logo of, like, this sort of Jamaican woman with this creepy smile <laughs> staring at us, you know? So you went into the corn muffin factory. So <laughs> you just we pulled into this desolate little town with this giant corn factory looking over this after mm-hmm. this scary experience. I remember just being like, what is going on? Yeah. And we pull in this parking lot, and we're so exhausted. All we want to do is sleep. And we, we get out of the car, and we, like, lie down on the sidewalk to sleep. And these two guys pull up, <laughs> and they just start smoking crack or meth or something yeah. right in front no, of us. I, I, I lie down on the grass. Right. And Tim's parking the car somewhere else. We don't know oh, what, yeah. <laughs> what we're doing. We're, like Tim's like, I'm going to go over here. And, and I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm going to go over there and lie down. And I lie down, and I look up, and right in front of me in this driveway is a dude just staring at me in his car. This is, this is the middle of nowhere, Michigan. There's nobody around except me and this dude. And I'm trying to sleep on the grass <laughs> in this, like, suburb. And he's looking at me, and I just see this light go on, and he's smoking some weird pipe. Not yeah. like weed. It was something crazy. And this other dude joins him. Um, so... I'm just looking at him, and I go, I'm going, seriously? Like, all this just happened in the woods. Like, I'm just trying to lie down. I look up, like, to the sky, and I just look like, what? How close was he? Like, I don't know, like, 40 feet away or something. Okay. Like, really close. And so I get up. I walk over to Tim as he's coming to join me on the grass. <laughs> and I go, dude, by the way, there's these two dudes smoking something in this car right in front of us. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> What did you do? I don't remember, but mm. I remember we we were like, we can't stay here. So yeah. then we just wandered around for like an hour. 
We find looking for like a nice piece of grass to lay down <laughs> on. We finally find this piece, and we realize it's impossible to sleep in grass. It's just way too uncomfortable yeah. and itchy. So we finally go back to my car. Right? It's like five a.m. Yeah, it's like five a.m. <laughs> and we pass out for like an hour, and we wake up, and the sun's coming up, and we're like, "All right, the sun's up. Let's just go find out what the hell this was." You know? Yeah. So we slowly roll down the dirt <laughs> dirt road to our tent. You know, we pull in, yeah. and what do we find? <laughs> These two, two giant trees. Two giant trees. They were about 10 feet from us. Had fallen, like, literally right next to the tent, man. And if we, yeah, we could have died yeah. very easily. <laughs> so. That was nuts. And then man. we just went to this coffee shop. And Wait, spent, we, yeah, we tried to sleep. We went back we? in the tent. Oh, and, yeah. And we slept for hot, again, like, right? yeah, like two hours. But then it, it was. It got like, so hot. It was oh, like 100 God, degrees again. I thought of it. Ugh. So, yeah, we went to this coffee shop after, and we were like zombies. Yeah, it was so weird. We were just, like, zoned out for so hours. hard for hours, just sitting in these chairs. Yeah. It's pretty epic. And we went on a hike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, oh, so the cool, another thing that happened is we got back from our hike after sitting in the coffee shop and just trying to be an AC to recover for mm-hmm. a little we go on this hike, which was a terrible idea, but it sounded like it was good at the time. Got back, tried to wash off a little. Um, Tim went off and did something, and I, I laid down on this bench in my underwear and tried to read for about three seconds, and then I fell asleep lying on a bench, like, with my legs up. But I was so tired that I could just sleep however. And... I I kind of half awake and hallucinating. I'm like totally awake now mm. and I'm hallucinating. I'm reading Moby Dick at the time <laughs> and I'm hallucinating sailors <laughs> like around me talking and where we were we felt very Native American vibe. Like it was really natural and I was seeing them in the trees and then I thought Tim was next to me and like talking to me and then Tim walks up and I'm still in this trip. And I sit up and look at him. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, you want to go into town? And I just smile. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it was great. It was really an yeah. experience. That's the story, dude. The Addict Ted tree death story. Very long answer to your question. <laughs> so I guess what you're trying to say is first stop on your uh, next tour is going to be Ann Harbor, Michigan, right? <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I like that. It was a really nice place. I loved it. Yeah, man. it was great. They just they support like the weirdest music you could hear. Yeah, that house was really phenomenal. Far house, man. Love it. What is it like a venue or is it just like some sort of crazy house? It's like a house that does shows. So it's like a house party, but it's like you know, it's like uh, legit. It's a show house. It's a, it's a boat. It's a showboat. <laughs> <laughs> what about um days in Indiana? No, well, I've just spent like days in Indiana. Were we in Indiana? I don't think we were in Indiana. Mm-mm. So I guess we're in the. <laughs> where do you want to go after? Um, where west of Michigan do you want to go to? It'd be fun to do like Cal, like the West Coast, you know. Portland. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like all those places. Yeah, Middle America could be tough, but this this every be every city has somewhere you could play. You know, I'd want to play everywhere. <laughs> we want to go south too. I mean, yeah, you know, we'd play. Whatever. Where in the South do you think um, your music would be uh, most appreciated? 
Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere's a nice place. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, from, from our tour experience, you know, everywhere appreciates honest, you know, people try, like, if you drive out there and it's these smaller types of shows, they just appreciate you being there and bringing something different to their local scene. Mm-hmm. So I think pretty much everywhere is, is, is nice and open. People in the music scene are really, you know, who are really into music and local music and supporting touring bands at this like small level are so nice, man. We knew this guy on, on tour from who we're talking to now to get a show, this guy, John from the house called the funky jungle. And you meet these people for one night, you know, and they help you get a show. He cooked us Indian food. That was so delicious. Yeah. He cooked us Indian food. He gave us like the best beds in the house, even though there were like five bands trying to crash there. And uh, and now I'm I'm talking to him again. It's like no time has passed. Like there's people in the scenes who are just like really really cool, really supportive. What other types of crazy houses can you cite besides the far house? And what what was it called? The crazy house? Funky jungle. Yeah, funky jungle. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, there's a lot. Of, there's New Brunswick is known for a lot of houses. Yeah. Um, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um. There's some cool ones down there. Tito's Junkyard Dogs is awesome, too, though. All these hot dogs, man. Is that a hot dog place? It's a chili dog place. You love that. All these hot it's dogs. It's so awesome, man. You should, like, <laughs> go there and buy, like, 10 or 15 of them and eat them all in, like, two days. Uh, it's about te- tofu pups, bro. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> tofu pups. Abandon your, your vegan lifestyle and eat, man. No. Oh, no. come on. I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> Be wrong, man. It's fun. Be wrong. <laughs> it's fun. Dude, you ever try a tofu pup? No. Good. Don't go for those. <laughs> That's a bad taste. <laughs> Tim. Yo. Tell me about the tofu pup. I've never had the tofu puff. Pup. Puff. <laughs> the puff. Tofu puff. puff. Dude, it sounds like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> it's a really bad fake hot dog. But it's... It lives in infamy. You know, it's got a great name. What do you put on it? Mustard? Sauerkraut? Ketchup? Dude, it's a hot dog, but it's fake. You treat it treat it like a fine woman. Mm. <laughs> you eat it slowly. You eat it with delicate <laughs> fingertips. Mm. <laughs> See, what do you know about that, Nick? The delicacy for a tofu pup. That's what I'm trying to bring to you, man. Mm. <laughs> I don't think I could ever be vegan. Speechless. That's all. Or I'm vegetarian. Saying. Yeah. Because I think the only thing that I'd be able to eat is just peanut butter all the time. Peanut butter and waffles, like you said, is a great idea. Well, it's very healthy for you. <laughs> totally, man. What are your big plans for the summer? Do this recording, record this album, right? Yeah. Play as much around here in tri-state area, probably. House parties. You got any other plans, Ryan? <laughs> well, you know, we got a lot of big, big dreams. We're gonna, we're gonna make it happen. You'll see. Tim's a Frenchman. We're gonna go to France. 
We're gonna go to <laughs> we're gonna go to Berlin. Berlin, man. <laughs> he didn't really say anything there. He just nah. whispered. <laughs> Berlin is an incredible place, man. Wow, so good. We we want people in other countries to hear our music because they like it better. Yeah, probably. They do. People are more supportive. People are way more open-minded uh, for some reason uh, about music in other places. But what about the They're Canadians? They're way more tolerant of. of uh, that's a good. That's a perfect example. <laughs> what Tim? Canada is like. It's like. Is, is that place even? Like, who are those people? <laughs> that live above us. What do they do? They like these. They watch they hockey like these and drink beer. People. Yeah. And ha- have you been to Canada, Nick? Nah. No. Nah. Pretty much uh, most traveling I've been as of late is uh, Baltimore last year, and then October 2011 I went to Houston. Why'd you go to Baltimore? For the Maryland Death Fest. Oh, the Maryland Death Fest, right. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Who'd you go with? Um, pretty much nobody. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, hopefully this year I'll go down with some friends. I'll see, though. Cool. What would you say was the best <laughs> food, though? When you out went out to Ann Arbor, Michigan, <laughs> that's easy too. What do you remember? Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> there god! It is. I think about hash, them all the dude. time. The hippie they had, hash. They had this stuff called hippie hash, which is like these potatoes with all this stuff in it. Oh, they were so great. Yeah. What's so the stuff in it? I don't know. They had like it was just like it was vegetarian friendly. Yeah, really good. Cheese and vegetables, and, but the way they did it, it was just really good spice. Fantastic! I got my favorite T-shirt at that place. Yeah, it's a great T-shirt. Food diner. It's getting old now. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's the T-shirt look like? It's like a diner. It just says Fleetwood Diner, and it just <laughs> looks cool. It's black and white. It's a twenty-four-seven diner. And basically, it's basically the only shirt that I own. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the best. That and my wolf shirt was my two favorites. <laughs> oh, the wolf shirt. Where'd you get the wolf shirt? California. What part of Cali? Venice Beach. Ah. On the boardwalk. How much time you spend in L.A., though? None. I just visited my friend for like four days. Adam. In September, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. We had a great time. Dude, like, if you go to L.A., man can like eat like 15 hamburgers in a week because <laughs> of the in and out burger not in and out in and out fat burger carl's jr burger king have you ever had checkers i'm working on it you've never had checkers help me checkers burger place help me what do you mean help you <laughs> help me get, get him a burger it's the nastiest thing i've ever had nasty in the good way or the no bad? it wasn't good it was <laughs> disgusting Ugh. Never again. Every time we do an interview with you, it ends up being about burgers. Yeah, you're really into the burgers. You're always talking about the burgers. I remember you texted me about this burger place in the city. What was it White House Burgers or something? No, it was Burger House, man. Come on. It was uh, yeah. Didn't you say Union it got Square. closed or something? Was yeah, it, it was so horrific, man. It was like <laughs> the worst horrific. thing that ever happened. They closed it? Really? Those Dude. monsters. Those monsters. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, the greatest burger joint of all time. <laughs> wow, that's sad. I still have flyers of it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think well, well. I have two or three colors of flyers, honestly. Oh, oh man. All right. Well, on that note, what types of social media <laughs> do you use so people can actually find out about your music? Um, we've got a website www.father and son ba- I forgot we're a band we haven't talked <laughs> <laughs> for like an hour yeah, we're a band if you've been listening to this <laughs> we have a website and you didn't hear any of the music this time <laughs> so you gotta go do work and find it but that's how you find the best music anyway so our website's www.fatherandsonband.com we have a band camp that you'll find through there we also have a Facebook page Father and Son New York City Earth Rock coming at you big things on the horizon we got video six shows this month big dreams Tim's got big dreams it's gonna be good yeah we're on Facebook right you said that Yeah. Yeah. Are you on the Twitter? We we have a Twitter called Billow Dream that hasn't been touched in about a year. So don't go there. <laughs> no, no, no Twitter. No Twitter. Do you have anything negative to say about MySpace? Yeah. Goodbye. Does it even exist? I mean. Goodbye, goodbye. Forever. And ever. Bandcamp is the best. That's the greatest. So go there. Thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thanks so much. Well, (laughs) I guess remember the Alamo. (laughs) You've been listening to WMSC 90.3, and it's midnight (laughs) o'clock. It is midnight o'clock. It is midnight. Thanks a lot, Nick. You're the man. Nick's the best. We love you. Any final words? We love you, Nick. Big ups, Violent Monocle represent H-Dog in the house. (laughs) Peace.